Welcome to the Trek Through the Scriptures podcast. In this week's sermon, The Goat That Got Away, we reflect on Leviticus chapter 16 and the Day of Atonement and its impact on the life of God's people. Join me, Pastor Marcus, as we again look to the good news of Jesus Christ found in the story of God's Word. First reading this week, we turn to Leviticus chapter 16, beginning with verse 29. And it shall be a statute to you forever, that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict yourselves and shall do no work, either the native or the stranger who sojourns among you. For on this day shall atonement be made to you to be cleanse you. You shall be clean before the Lord from all your sins. It is Sabbath of solemn rest to you, and you shall afflict yourselves. It is a statute forever. And the priest who is anointed and consecrated as priest in his father's place shall make atonement wearing the holy linen garments. He shall make atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make atonement for the tent of meeting and for the altar. He shall make atonement for the priests and for all the people of the assembly. And this shall be a statute forever for you, that atonement may be made for the people of Israel once in the year because of all their sins. And Aaron did as the Lord commanded him. And then moving on to Leviticus chapter 19, beginning with verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make for yourselves any god of cast metal. I am the Lord your God. This is the word of the Lord. This week, as we continue our look at Trek Through the Scriptures, we turn to a book of the Bible that perhaps maybe many of you haven't done a lot of reading in. As we read through Genesis and Exodus, many of the stories that we learned in Sunday school or confirmation class or heard the pastor preach about over the years were very familiar. Adam and Eve, Noah and the Ark, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, and even Joseph and his coat of many colors and the parting of the Red Sea. But now we get to Leviticus. And for some, it may seem to be a little bit uh, thick, a little bit redundant, as we're now getting to the rites and rituals for for God's people. But truly, as we look into them, we see the importance of God and his relationship with his people. As we turn to Leviticus chapter 16 today, in a sense, we're going to learn about the goat that got away. And as we begin, let's look first at verses 7 and 8 of Leviticus chapter 16. Then Aaron is to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. This is the word of the Lord. Now the reality is that all of us at some time or another love to play the blame game. Perhaps maybe you're at work or at school and there's some kind of team or group project that you had to do and something went wrong and immediately you start pointing the finger at somebody else in the group and say, it's your fault. If you had only done this or it's not my fault, I didn't want that to happen. In life, so many times we're pointing the fingers. Perhaps maybe it's between children to their parents saying, it's your fault that I act this way. Or as we get older, blaming our parents for the way we parent or other activities. We love to shift my fault to your fault. As we look to the children of Israel, 
We find that they had one day of the year where they were able to shift the fault of their sins and their things that they had done wrong over to the Lord on the Day of Atonement. And indeed, as we look at chapter 16, we are reminded again and again of how that was to work. One of the things that happens as we look to chapter 16 of Leviticus is we realize and come face to face with the alienating nature of sin. As we go back to the story of Adam and Eve, as Adam and Eve fell into sin, suddenly the relationship with God was changed. Before, they had walked and talked with God in the garden. They were made perfect and in the image of God. But now, because of sin, there's this cavern between them and God. To help us understand the reality and the challenges of that cavern of sin, it's important to understand or define, I guess, what the word sin is. In verse 16 of Leviticus, we see sin really as some kind of spiritual pollution, uncleanness. Now, something had happened. It's not really explained there. Perhaps maybe unclean food was brought into the tent of meaning or to the place of worship in the tabernacle, but it needs to be cleansed of this uh, spiritual pollution. And so we see sin as uncleanness. As we go on, both verse 16 and verse 21, we find sin as rebellion or the outright willful disobedience of God. We know it's right, but everybody's doing it, so we're going to do it anyway. Even though we know what we should do, we do the very opposite. So sin is uncleanness, rebellion, but verses 21 and 22 go on to define sin as wickedness. For us as Lutheran Christians, we know that we talk about it as original sin, the sin that we are born with. It's not the devil or the world that makes us sinful. It's that inheritance of sin that's passed on from our parents to us and their parents all the way back to Adam and Eve. We can't lay the blame at the devil and the world for our sinfulness because we indeed in original sin are sinful. We contain that wickedness talked about in verses 21 and 22. And in a sense, throughout the chapter, again and again, sin is used in a general word sense for all wrongdoing. It's used several times throughout there. And indeed, we come to the reality that sin separates us from God. It's something dangerous. It's something that needs to be dealt with. And so it is that the sin that we deal with day in and day out comes to face to face with the reconciling work of atonement. That's one of those words that we don't necessarily use a lot in our everyday speech. I know I don't use it a lot. And atonement in the English has sometimes been referred to at one meant, dividing it into three words. And in a sense, when we say that at one meant, it kind of conveys this idea of restoring a friendship or a reconciliation. And that's part of what atonement is repairing, reconciling that relationship that we have with God. But if we go back to the original Hebrew, the word is really much deeper than it. It talks about covering over. And what comes to mind, I guess, when we start talking about covering over is what happened at that first Passover in Egypt as the children of Israel were standing and ready to leave at a moment's notice. They took the blood of the lamb and placed it over the doorpost. And indeed, the angel of death passed over them. And it gives us a, a, a little picture, a type of what we see Christ is going to do as we move to the New Testament and are reminded that we are covered by the blood of Jesus as it covers over our pride, our selfishness, our idolatry, our cre- greed, our jealousy, all those things, those sins that we struggle with. 
as we are covered now by the blood of Jesus. But the chapter goes on to give us something a little bit more, uh, uh, something to visualize, and that would be the two goats that we read about in our text at the very beginning today. And so it is that we are knowing that two goats are set aside, two perfect goats are set aside, and lots are taken, so that one would be given over to the Lord and one would be given as the scapegoat. Verses 8 and 9 say it this way, Aaron is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and notice, sacrifice it for a sin offering. The blood of that lamb was put, of that goat was put on the altar and was to then be made as a sacrifice for their sins. It would be covering their sins. They would be set free from their sins. Now, the second goat is where we really get a picture here. Aaron was to take his hands, place it on the head of the goat, and on behalf of the people, in a sense, be laying all the sins of the people of that past year on that goat. It was taken out into the wilderness and set free to take away from the people their sins. The psalm writer in Psalm 103 speaks to this when he says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far, notice, has he removed our transgressions from us, taken away, removed, far away. What a wonderful picture it is that on this day of atonement, once a year, they would be cleansed of their sins, their sins would be taken away from them. But again, you know what happened right after that day of atonement, don't you? People sinned again. And the sins piled up again and again and again throughout the past year. And what happened? The Day of Atonement was needed once again. But as we then point to the New Testament, in a sense we hear the tale of another two quote-unquote goats. For we know that as Jesus was on trial before Pilate, Pilate brings him out before the people and brings out Barabbas and says, which one do you choose? The crowd, of course, as we remember during Holy Week, Barabbas. And then he says, what should I do with this man, Jesus? Let his blood be upon us. How fitting that Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, would shed his blood and take our sins, be both the sacrifice and the scapegoat for us on the cross of Calvary as he shed his blood, as we were then set free by the ultimate sacrifice, the one-time sacrifice by Christ for all time on the cross. The Apostle Paul speaks to this in 1 Corinthians 6 when he says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. That cavern of sin that we talked about earlier has now been covered over by the actions of Christ on the cross of Calvary. We have that connectivity now, once for all times with our Lord and Savior, as that cavern has been covered. The psalm writer in Psalm 32 says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Indeed, the ultimate day of atonement was found when Christ died on the cross for you and me. Indeed, our sins were covered by the blood of Christ. We were set free once for all time and know that we were promised that everlasting relationship with our Lord and Savior. What a joy it is that we see the connectivity between the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament and the Day of Atonement found with Christ's death on the cross for you and me. 
May that blessing be on our heart and day, every day knowing that our sins have been covered by the blood of Christ. Our sins have been taken away. Yes, we have been set free. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon on our trek through the scriptures. This podcast is a ministry of Zion Lutheran Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. To contact us, learn more, or for more resources on the journey, please visit zionbismarck.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. Also, be sure to check out our weekly podcast discussion of the upcoming readings, which can be found on our website or on other platforms where podcasts are found. This podcast was made possible by a grant from Lutheran Church Extension Fund. We thank them for their support. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week as we continue our exploration of God's story as it points us ever toward the good news of Jesus Christ. Have a great week.